0: On today's Locked On Texans podcast, is Carolina still dreaming of CJ? I dream of quarterback. A dozen games into the season, we look at improvements through this year compared to last season and the importance of winning out. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 welcome to this Hump Days episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To all of our first time listeners or subscribers and viewers, thank you for checking out today's show. If this is your first time, be sure to hit that subscribe button, like, and comment on the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And to all of our returning listeners, lending your ear. For another episode, as Cody and I talk Texans, thank you for coming back. I'm your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy Hickman, joined as always by Texas credentialed media member, Sports Illustrated's own, the man with the plan. Yes, sir. If you want to know what's going on, hmm. follow him on Twitter at CodyDavis24. Joining me, like I said, is Cody Davis. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prospicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. Carolina, some people dream of a genie. Carolina is still dreaming of the quarterback that they presumably wanted all of a sudden in CJ Stroud. So we'll mm-hmm. kind of play around with that at the end of the show. Kind of looking at where the Houston Texans are this year compared to last year, I think that's an important conversation when we look at the win total improvements. But this is a much improved team. And I think we are kind of overlooking how good this team is now compared to the couple of last the last couple of seasons. So, so we'll get to that. But Cody, we open up today's show looking at the importance of winning <laughs> out. We had a graphic, couldn't get it up for you guys. However, the Texans now have a 46% chance to make the playoffs. The Texans can lose to the Browns in one game to the Titans and still have a 79% chance to make the playoffs. Hmm. If the Texans lose to the Broncos and Browns, they have a 54% chance to make the playoffs. If they lose to the Browns, Titans, and Jets, it's a 20, 28% chance to make the playoffs if they lose to the Colts, browns and jets seven percent chance cardi we're looking at how important it, it is for this team to win out
1: yeah first and foremost let's just start by looking at the entire afc standing as of right now i'm only gonna look at teams one through nine but it goes as follows baltimore kansas city jacksonville miami pittsburgh cleveland indianapolis those are your top seven followed by Houston and Denver are the last two teams on the bubble, and of course, if you want to extend it just a little bit further to 10 and 11, Buffalo and Cincinnati. Um, This is going to shape out to be a very interesting and very competitive last six games of the 2023 campaign. Um, First and foremost, when you talk about improvements that the houston texans have made so far this season the fact that they are in the midst of a playoff run the fact that they're on or the fact that they are on the bubble of the playoffs says a lot about the improvements that this team made however john with six games left starting sunday the texans will score off against denver new york Tennessee twice, Cleveland and Indianapolis. And I think that game against Indianapolis, just like last year, will have a lot of meaning. But unlike two tanking teams, they're gonna be two teams fighting for the playoffs. But I don't know if they're able to get hot and go on a six game win streak. That would be nice. However, John, when I look at these last six games and you look at the possibility of them winning, winning out, I think realistically. I got them at 4-2. and I think there's at least two more games that they're going to lose, but they have to make sure that they squeeze out four more wins to control their own destiny. And, look, listen to this. There is still a slim chance that they could still possibly win the division despite losing against Jacksonville, depending on what Jacksonville does in the last six games of the season. But, you know, I'm saying it like this. I'm I'm not going to tell you guys which teams Uh. I got them losing to (laughs) <laughs> which teams I think they can beat, but you look evil right now, by the way, especially with the red light. <laughs> but <laughs> they they have to find a way to win four yep. more games. D'Amico, CJ, taint Bobby, Slowik, I believe
0: in you guys. Let's do it. I'm gonna tell you why I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. If the Texans go ten and six in year one under D'Amico. Oh, my gosh. After going, (laughs) only winning three games last year, four Mm -hmm. games before that, Mm -hmm. four games before that, mm -hmm. was a total of, what, 11 games in a three-year span? Yes. If they win 10 10 games this year, you talk about maybe the greatest turnaround that doesn't lead immediately to a championship. You ain't lying about that that. Maybe the NFL have seen in the past two decades. I I can't think of every team that may have had great turnarounds, Uh, but but I don't know how many teams had to go through what this franchise has went through. Like they shouldn't have even been in the turnaround process to begin with.
1: Yeah, it's true,
0: and they and they and they had to go through it, and they had to it had all kind of legalities that we don't even want to talk about no more. Then you had two box head coaching searches back to back. Uh, you would have thought David Pe- David Tepper was the owner. Uh, boy, I can't wait to talk about that. But the importance of winning out for Houston. It's everything. It is everything. The, they have players in their locker room. Jimmy Ward has experienced playoff success. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got players like a Denzel Perriman, who has experienced some playoff success.
1: Sheldon Rankins.
0: Sheldon Rankins who has experienced playoff success. Robert Woods who has Super Bowl success. Dalton Schultz right. So you got to mix a group of those guys, but then you got Larry Thompson who only has went to the playoffs once. Then you got Titus Howard, who hasn't had any real playoff opportunities outside of the 2019 season, I believe, mm-hmm. and then you have. You got, you got guys here that don't have the amount of playoff experience or success as some of the guys that were brought in during the offseason. So you got a combination of those guys in the locker room. And football players always talk about the good moments. And the playoffs comes up. And and this is a franchise where maybe nationally it wasn't a thought. We know it wasn't a thought nationally, right? And I even think locally it wasn't a real thought for a lot of people. Um but this is a team that has a chance in year one under D'Amico, year one under CJ, <laughs> right? A lot of year ones here got a chance to make the playoffs uh, after you know two, four, and four seasons in a 3-13-1 season. The importance of winning games is huge for Houston, and it's and Cody. I take it a step further. Not only is it important for Houston to win these games, it's important for Houston to win certain games. Mm. So I'm looking at the Texans' schedule. Right now they are the eighth seed in the AFC. They take on the Broncos Sunday. That's an important, I think that's a must-win game. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are right there. They're neck and neck with you guys. You beat them. That's the tiebreaker that you hold over them. So if you guys end the season 10-7, and seven, same record, well, you got the tiebreaker over them. That's an important must-win game in terms of winning out. And all of these games are must-wins. But the Jets, I think that's, again, a game where that's a must-win. But the Jets are making the playoffs. So if Houston drops to the Jets, I'm not as concerned. But the Titans must win. The Browns, also in the playoff running, hmm. that's a must-win. The Titans, again. You win the two Titan games and beat the Coats. If you and the Jaguars end the season with the same record, that gives you the division if you knock off the Titans and Coats. So these are all important games. And I, I still think that we probably, for some of us, are looking at how Houston can kind of just get into the playoffs with the, as a seven seed. No, they still have a chance to win this division, guys. And it's going to come down to – taking care of the teams that you need to take care of. In the next five or six games, however many games they got left, this is the stretch where you cannot have a Carolina Panther mishap. You can't have a Falcons mishap. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You have to be a, a Browns team that may not have Miles Garrett in a couple of weeks, won't have Deshaun Watson, and as of right now, We don't know if it's going to be DTR or P.J. Walker at quarterback. Mm. So you got to beat that team. You're going going to go into that team basically set up better than what the Browns are outside of defensively. But with no Miles Garrett, that makes your job a little bit easier from an offensive line that's also banged up right now. That's a must-win game. Titans are must-win games. And the Coats is a game that I think a lot of people may be overlooking because Houston got hot. But that's still going to be a tough game for Houston. The Colts are no slouch right now. They're finding ways to gut out wins. And when they close out this season, that may very well be the game that comes down to the wire to determine whether or not Houston can win the division. The next couple of games, the next few weeks, are going to be very interesting for this team. And I'm expecting the best from Bobby Slook. I'm expecting the best from D'Amico Ryans, who has that – he knows what that, six, that that playoff feel feels like. He's bringing it to this team. They got to they got to close out strong. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, daily fantasy sports is something that's super popular in America. But right now, I don't think nobody is messing with Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest in. The most exciting way to play Daddy Fantasy Sports, it heightens the games. I'll be at the edge of my couch watching some of these games. I been—I mean, might be at the stadium looking on my phone, checking to see what's going on because prize picks is exciting and it's super easy. I'm not thinking a lot. I'm just picking the more than – or less than on two to six player stat projections, I sit back and I watch the winnings roll in, but I'm not really sitting back because I'm at the edge of my seat for real. And then now with the basketball season here, you guys can look at the options for the combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections. That includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, Jalen Green and Tank Dale. Will they have a combination of tending to have three pointers made and receptions? Or you can play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and be a boss, or comedian Andrew Schultz and laugh all the way to the bank. You can now find community plays under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community. Don't sit around. Don't wait. Go to Prospects.com or use your phone. We all got a phone. Mine's right here. Go to the App Store. Download Prospects. Use promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's NFL for a first-time deposit match up to $100. And whenever you watch those winnings roll in from prize picks, take a couple of that money, go on and download the DoorDash app if you haven't already. And if you have downloaded the DoorDash app, listen, right now DoorDash is getting you guys, giving you guys 50% off up to a $10 value order when you spend 15 or more dollars on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, just enter promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-23. That's locked twenty. Three, sometimes let's be real with each other, right? America has made us lazy, and we work a lot. I work a lot. Cody works a lot. Sometimes you just want to go straight home. Sometimes you don't want to leave the couch while watching the game. Sometimes you don't want to leave the house. You just want to watch sports in peace. But you still got to eat. You're still thinking of your favorite wing spot, right? And, and, And you want it right now. DoorDash. Is the place to be, I'm guessing, right? No, I'm not guessing. I'm telling you guys. And Then the best thing about DoorDash, which is probably my favorite uh, view from it. Not view, but my favorite aspect of it. They allow you to order from local restaurants. So a lot of people have places like here in the city of Houston that you just absolutely love. It's not a corporation. It's a local spot. Like me personally, on Sundays, I like the DoorDash brunch from Kid Creole Kitchen out here in Humble. They're great, and you can do that. Local spots are on DoorDash. So, again, download the DoorDash app and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more dollars on your first order by using promo code LOPT23, LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment
1: of Locked On Texans. Before we switch over talking about the improvements that the Texans made over the first 12 games of the season, John, I want to double back and ask you something. What is the trust level that we have in the Texans actually doing what they have to do and getting into the playoffs? And I only say that because The one trend that I've started to notice about this team throughout this whole entire year is this. They either play up or down to the level of the competition. Carolina, Atlanta. And not only that, it seems like where if there is a a certain type of challenge that's when we see the best version of this team, i.e. the game against the, the games against the Steelers, the Saints, the Buccaneers. A lot of people going into that game, including myself, kind of questioned whether or not CJ would have an opportunity to thrive against three of the top defensive-minded coaches of this generation. And he went out and put on a show, especially Tampa Bay. It was the victory against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that gave him MVP consideration. And then there's games where we say, you know what, without a shadow of a doubt, the Houston Texans should win this game pretty easy. And then they end up losing. Atlanta, Carolina. I do wonder what is the trust level here with the Texans as of right now. There's no shot at the team or anything like that. But when I look at these games outside of the Denver Denver Broncos, given the fact that this is going to be their quote unquote first nationally televised game in in over the last couple of years, it's like I really don't know if there is a certain challenge within these last couple of games. And it's just a trend. It's just a trend.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a very fair question before we look at the improvements of this team. And I think they kind of go hand in hand. But Mm -hmm. I I think for me, the trust level is at a six. Mm -hmm. And Keith Lee is out here in Houston now. So I would just, in my opinion, I'd rate it a 6.2 out of 10. God bless. But I think that's fair because they've dropped games that they should have won. Mm-hmm. And not only have they dropped games that they should have won, I think it's how they've lost those games. the the The, the Falcons or the Panthers did nothing, especially the Carolina Panthers, where they got after their quarterback six times, sacked six times. They did nothing brilliant. They did nothing creative. They did nothing mm-hmm. outstanding. They didn't. They didn't do anything to stand out. Because if they did. The Texans would have not lost those games by a combined score. What five points between the two? Mm-hmm. So I look at this team right now. They got the out of the three out of the three games, excuse me, that I would say, well, you know what? These were the games where Houston probably played down. They only won one game. That's the Arizona Cardinals game. Mm-hmm those two games I'm sorry it's it's how they again how, how they lost Bobby Slowick the question of play calling mm-hmm. the flatness of the offense coming out in those games and then not just being able to close out and and, and defensively and I, I kind of give credit to the defense because I believe in both of those games the defense probably was gassed especially maybe the Atlanta Falcon game they gotta earn the trust. Now, they believe it themselves because if they didn't, they wouldn't have won six games on the season. Mm-hmm. They know that they should have won those two games. They know that the playoff picture should, have looked, should look a whole lot different right now. But from the outside looking in, which no matter how much we're in the locker room, no matter how much we're in the post-press game, from the outside looking in, is the trust there? Six and a half out of ten. That's fair. And I think that's fair based off of – how they's how they've lost the games that they've lost, and I'd even go back to the uh, the first game of the year against the Ravens. The, the Ravens didn't do anything spectacular that game. They just mm-hmm. won, and to had moments to win their game.
1: Mm, well, with that being said, we're gonna transition over and look at the improvements that we have seen over the lad over the first twelve games of the season, John. If I could go first, man, I just want to give, even though there's been times where I do question the play calls. Uh, we have done it <laughs> this whole entire week, given the just result. <laughs> we just, yeah, you literally just did it, like, less than two minutes ago. But when I take a look at the major improvements that I've seen out of this franchise over the first 12 games, man, it's this coaching staff. And it's oh, it, and and it's and it's not just, you know, restoring the faith, you know, making sure that you put guys in position. It's something that I've been talking about a lot here on this show. Ever since... Week two, when they lost against the Indianapolis Colts, but we saw how explosive that offense was in the second half. It's just the fact that this is a coaching staff that listens to their players and they're working together. And I know a lot of times I use the example of the Bill O'Brien years where it was like his way or the highway, but it was like that with Lovey Smith as well. There were several players who was hoping. On the defensive side of the ball to upgrade your Tampa 2 defense, stop using the Tampa 2 defense. You know, it was so much confusion and 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 and, and confliction going on between Lovey Smith and some of these players and giving away how he was calling these games. Remember, even though the Houston Texans only won three games last year, a lot of those losses was one score losses. And this is a situation where, hey, if Lovey Smith had listened to Player A and player B and changed up his defense. Maybe just maybe the Houston Texans would have won more than three games, especially considering, like I just said, a handful of those losses was one score of losses. I look at this year and I and I and I go back to one of my favorite moments of the season, Tank Dale. What changed in the second half for you? I told Bobby Sloig I was noticing this in the first half. I said, Let's do X, Y, and Z. And he did it. And next thing you know, the offense get explosive. I know a lot of people out there might hear that and think to themselves, players and coaches working together may not be a big thing, but it is. Especially with this franchise franchise where you had not one, but two regimes where we look back and heard, man, this is the only thing that the coach wanted to do. This is the only thing that the player wanted to do, and it did not work. And it's part of the reason why the Texans had to go through a rebuild like that. Yeah. This alone, look. I know we can talk about CJ and the players and all this other good stuff, but just knowing that this coaching staff has succeeded the expectations like this, it gets me excited.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? I do want to say before I even get to, I think the biggest improvement for Houston, the biggest improvement is definitely coaching. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> it ain't coaching. Quarterback? It's definitely quarterback. Oh, that that's that's a given. It's all them. Do to say it? Like people thought Nico was just terrible last year, and 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 we would discuss it privately or on the show the amount of times where it's just like there was at least two hundred and fifty yards left out on that field for Nico last year. If he didn't mm. have better quarterback play, you would have saw it. Mm-hmm. And he's knocking on the door of a thousand yards. <laughs> I think he needs two hundred yards to get a thousand oh with five goodness, games left. Uh, hey, Nico, about to get a thousand, bro. Right. <laughs> and I and I know I know Nico Cerrillo is sitting there. In that GM box, kind of like I, t- I knew what I was, I knew what I was doing. Another trade it up it for him Leo. back in the third round. Trade it up for him, and mm. so the, you know the arrival of CJ has been tremendous for this offense. Defensively, though, last year mm. the Houston Texans ranked dead last, and and, and if there was thirty three, if there was thirty three teams, Houston would have been thirty four. <laughs> they ranked dead last in rushing yards per game last year. Mm, mm, mm. 170 yards allowed on the ground. 150 oh. over the last 2 years. Remember that? 150 over the last 2 years. <laughs> Cody. This year, the Texans ranked 8th in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game. Mm. At 95 yards allowed per game. The last three games, they have only allowed 90 yards per game on the ground. And when they are away, which is important Mm -hmm. because they are away against the New York Jets. They are away versus the Tennessee Titans. They are away versus the Indianapolis Colts. So they are away against some teams that can run the ball or have some good running backs. Uh, JT uh, Taylor out of Indy, he's hurt for two or three weeks, so he should be back. But Derrick Henry hasn't necessarily ran the ball well, but and the Titans' offensive line isn't good. But away, they've only allowed 86 yards on the ground this year. This year. That's crazy, man. <laughs> you talk about a turnaround, man. You 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 have to mention the improvement of being able to stop the run because it's been bad for Houston. Teams were able to come in in the week prior not run the ball well but have Houston circle on their schedule because they know they can get some juice going. They've done a hell of a job of stopping the run, and I think that has to speak directly to – how this team was put together in the offseason. We're hearing a lot of complaints about the lack of sacks, and I understand it. It's 2023. It's a passing league. You want your defensive lineman to be able to bring down a quarterback and get those sacks. That's going to come, but it is kind of like one step at a time, right? And for Houston, the bigger problem for that defensive front or that front seven it was not getting after the quarterback. The biggest problem was linebackers being out of place on run gaps, you know, missing assignments, not pursuing to, to the to the ball carrier, not, not setting the edge, uh, a sideline to sideline from the linebackers was was piss poor, defensive tackles getting blown up and pushed, you know, two or three yards behind the line, in front of the line of scrimmage before the running back gets there. So they got open lanes. Uh, it was a lot. This year, in year one, the sack numbers aren't there, but the run stoppage is. And so I think that's probably, outside of getting C.J. Stroud uh, and the effect, the domino effect that he's had on this offense, um, stopping that run has been phenomenal this year for Houston. And it's been great to see them just to watch that growth of just being better, being more dominant, stopping that run. And, and and I've liked, it. I've loved it actually, because now I think Houston has a really good foundation on their defensive front. You go into next offseason, finding ways, and you close out the next five games, five or six games, finding ways to get after the quarterback. Because now it trusts this defense to not allow a lot of these big runs like Houston allowed in the past. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates. It's possible to interview, to find out, hey, how can you help my small business? I ain't like one of these big businesses running around here. It can hire any old body. I need the right people for my job. LinkedIn is where you should go, guys. LinkedIn is above each and every competitor. LinkedIn has tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates and the quality is top tier. So easy. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing So many different hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. That's when they step in. Hey, we got you. You got that hat on. You wearing this hat. We'll wear this hat and make this part of your job, of your life as a small business owner and operator much easier. Go to LinkedIn.com. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That is LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in, locked on Texans listeners. Before we close out today's show, Dave Tepper, what are you doing? I think is this do- is
1: his is
0: fifth
1: or sixth head coaching search. That's right so now. he owns
0: another team as well, and I think in the last two years, he's fired between the two teams five coaches.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's
0: that's that's what I saw. What are you doing? And now you're backtracking. We had a deal worked out with Houston. Let me tell you what Houston came out as. If you're from Houston, you you probably know what I mean. Like Houston has been traditionally known in certain parts of this city as the city of game. Hmm. And it sounds like the Texans and and, and Nick Assyria, I mean, the more this kind of comes out, and the more the Panthers uh, we get more leaks and Dave Tepper is talking. The more we find out about this information, <laughs> the more I feel like Nick Sirio is a real G in that in that, or you know, general manager's office because it continues to sound like the Texans played them. <laughs> <laughs> and if the Texans played them like that, that sounds like they knew who they wanted at quarterback the whole time, right? Remember, remember.
1: There was that report. I think it ended, I think it was sometime in January, but it was overshadowed by the coaching search. And right when things were starting to get heated up with Coach D'Amico Ryan and Sean Payton at the time, it was like one of those two, two, two candidates at the time. Nick Casario had did an interview. I can't remember who he did the interview with or whatever. And he was talking about how much he loved the bigger quarterback, Pauls. And, Remember, we came on this show and was like, "Is that him saying that he will prefer CJ over Bryce?" Now, of course, on the outside looking in, you know, you know, our model, you 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 get one on the other at number two, but it to me, it almost seemed like Nick always wanted CJ if the Texans were to use that number two pick on a quarterback.
0: I don't, I don't know, man. But, but Dave Tepper is a terrible owner. He is terrible. He is god awful. Mm. He is, he is. Steve Wilks should have still been that team's head coach. What? When the players sat there and told you, basically, we wanted Steve Wilks. Mm, you mm, went against mm. your players. You went out and hired a guy, in Frank Wright, and you guys never meshed. It was never a cohesiveness unit between the two. And now you're getting in the media after firing your head coach. Without allowing him to finish the games, the season, (laughs) and you're making these excuses, Mm -hmm. it sounds Mm -hmm. like Nick Casario was creeping and crawling and balling in the mix and played his. (laughs) (laughs) And CJ Stroud was the quarterback for Houston the whole time. That's what it sounds like. So listen to me, don't listen to me. Prestige Worldwide. (laughs) Thank y'all for listening to this Wednesday episode. Hump day of the Locked On Texas Podcast. Subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texas Podcast on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman12. Also download the Bleacher Report app whenever you get a chance. And find me on Bleacher Report under John Hickman. Do me a favor when you follow me on Twitter. Ask me about the inland grove hat and where I got that from. Let's talk. Nice let's hat. talk out there for a lot of you golfers. Hmm. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember
1: to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.